Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Eric Donovan on the line. Eric, how are you? Hi, Michael. I am doing well. It is a good day. It is a good day. Yeah. Every day I wake up, I say it's a good day and (laughs) start off with that foundation. Um, It helps you navigate through days that some people may deem maybe not so good. And at the time of this recording, we are definitely in the middle of a pandemic, or at least we hope we're in the middle. Hopefully this isn't the beginning. Uh, (laughs) We're closer to the end, but who knows? Yeah, fingers crossed on that. But the work that you do is in in the financial space. And in the pre-show, we were talking about a variety of different things and ways we could take this. But uh, ideally, we want to focus on ROI or return on investment, but not necessarily in the way that many people think of ROI. So uh, let's jump in. You know, how did you get involved in, in this industry and you know, some of the things that uh, you've learned along the way? Yeah. So the way that I got involved was um, not necessarily a happy story. Um, when I was growing up, my dad was a veterinarian in West Texas. He was a really, really good veterinarian. He wasn't necessarily... Um, the best at doing business, and that'll make sense in just a minute, but he was so focused on the return on investment of his veterinary practice. He was borrowing money to grow it. He was really focused on expanding into multiple practices and trying to hire some other veterinarians. I mean, he had a growth mindset, entrepreneurial mindset, and he was so really a workaholic and everything. In my seventh grade year, my mom falls and breaks her arm. And everyone always asked me, said, tell me about your childhood. I had an idyllic childhood up until that point, but she ended up getting a staph infection and we buried my mother the day before I started my freshman year of high school. And Mm. that then led to a series of events where if you look at my dad's lifestyle of trying to be a workaholic, he's always working, always working, trying to chase down this return on investment for the business. And my mom passes away and now he's got left with all this chaos He's got myself. I've got a sister who's seven years younger than I am. I like to say every morning he had to get up and decide whether or not he was going to be Mary Poppins or go to the office. And all of the stress of that whole situation really disconnected our family. It led to a lot of strain between he and I. You've already got the strain of the teenage years, but then throw something like that on top of it. Um, And then by my senior year, he filed bankruptcy. And my journey really became... I'm going to run away and try and do everything I can to not experience what I experienced growing up between the bankruptcy and the disconnectedness from my father and just the whole kind of chaos that came in with that. I went off to college at Texas A&M, got a degree in business. um, And my whole goal and my whole focus was I'm just going to go get wealthy. I'm going to figure out a way because my thinking was if I accumulate enough money, money will solve the problem that I've been having. And the problem that, because my if my dad would have had enough money, none of that would have ever happened. That was the mindset that I had given myself. And I met my wife and we got married and that pursuit in short made me completely miserable. And I ended up working in the financial services industry specifically because I was seeking this path to not only help myself, but could I help other families avoid the tragedy of 
what had happened for my family. And again, I kept trying to seek it from a financial solution. How do we do this financially? How do we help people figure this out? And, you know, maybe it's a product or maybe it's an investment or maybe it's something else. And as I was doing that, my life started to drift into its own kind of chaos. I was, you know, not connected to my kids. My wife and I's relationship was getting strained and there's just problems that were happening along the way. And I had a friend of mine who was probably the cruelest and greatest friend I've ever had, who came up to me and asked the question, he's like, why do you hate your family? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I love my family. I don't, I don't understand. He goes, look, here's the only thing I know. You're never home. You're always working. You're always on the road. And I know how you're trying to change the story inside of your family, but what you're doing right now won't change that story. You're actually just going to duplicate it in a completely different way. He goes, what I see is it looks like you hate your family. He goes, if you'll trust me, I want to show you something. And so what he encouraged me and challenged me to do was to take a step back. And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn your focus off of the business. I don't want you to ignore the business, but I want you to take the business down to the lowest priority. And I want you to start every single day in a meaningful way, connecting with your wife and kids. And I want you to carve out some time to go take care of your health. And I want you to carve out some time to find some spiritual connection and get connected deeper from a spiritual sense. And then after you've done all of that, then I want you to go into the office. And I thought he was crazy, but I was miserable enough that I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to test this out. I'm going to try it. And Michael, the craziest thing happened. Um, I started to get more connected to my wife. I started to get more connected to my kids. My health started to improve. But not only that, I found myself coming into the office like so completely more focused, more dialed in, and my business began to take off and began to just do really, really well. And I was working, kind of the phrase working smarter, not harder. But it was at this point, I started to just understand it's not about the return on investment. It's about return on intention because too many times when we're chasing down return and investment, what we find out is we're going after things that look like they're going to give us something better, but they end up creating unintended consequences we could never imagine. And when I take a step back and focus on the outcome that I want, then what I'm pursuing might actually change. Like if I looked at the fact I wanted a stronger marriage, going to the office for 80 hours a week is not going to give me a stronger marriage. So if that's my intention, I can't continue to invest my time at the office to do that. And so I've said a lot there. I probably ought to pause for just a minute, but that's really kind of the beginning of how this story starts. So much gold in there. And there's so many things that resonate with me, especially on the, the advice that you received about <laughs> take basically taking your calendar and flipping it on its head. Because what I see with people that are stress, grinding, and you know, just making everybody miserable for them to try to get that ROI that they thought that they wanted, yep. they're not taking care of themselves and they're not taking care of their loved ones. Those are, we'll do that later. You know, we'll, once this is there, once we get to the, this level of financial stability, and that definition varies greatly with people. Some people think they need billions, and some people say, you know what, $100,000 a year salary would be amazing and completely right. transform my life. And, and, and they're true. They're right. But the, the fact that your friend said, you know, focus on you first and focus on them 
and making sure that their needs are taken care of, then you can work on the other things. A lot of people think, and I'm sure you had this thought too, where I don't know if that's going to work. My business is going to fail if I don't put that time and effort in it. Where, Where actually what happened was you were more energized and calm and had more clarity because you were rested and your self-care and the care of your loved ones was taken care of in such a way that when you went to work, you had more energy, you felt better, more clarity. So you could see things much better than you were before, which means all of a sudden you're working smarter and your business starts to take off and it's a flow. It, it, it flows differently. It's not a jagged edge. It, it flows better. And when you do that, that's when, when people look from an outside point of view, they go, wow, things are easy for you. It's not easy. It's just a, not to dumb it down, but it, it's, it's following a system that works for you, but it makes sure that your foundation is strong. And when your home life is strong, everything else I hate saying takes care of itself, but it's a whole lot easier to be able to navigate through life when the home life is optimum and everyone's happy and loving each other and really supporting each other and their own personal growth and journey wherever it comes up. So, no, thank you for for sharing that because that gives a really good foundation on on you know what we want to dive into is that you know return on intention. Um, you know what do you want to do? with you know investing and finances and life and all of that stuff because I, I, I think that's one piece of the puzzle that so many people miss. Well it is and one of you brought up a really interesting point. So a lot of at our company, a lot of what we do is work with business owners who are within two years to six months of a business exit. And one of the reasons that that became a specialty niche for us is because we found so many business owners buying, I want to say the lie, because I think it is a lie that, you know what, there's a season coming. I know I've been working hard. I know I haven't been home. I know I haven't been connected to my wife. But the minute we hit this exit, then at that point, that's when everything gets better. And the thing that I've realized and noticed is money doesn't cause problems. What money does is it magnifies and intensifies all the little bitty unintended consequences that you've been ignoring. So what happened to these business, what was happening to these business owners who weren't prepared up front is they would go into the event thinking that this was about to be their shining moment. This was where the family was about to be connected. This was where everything was going to happen. And on day one or day zero, they're worth X amount on paper with very little in the bank account. And then the next day, There's a whole lot of money in the bank account and not a whole lot, you know, it's not on paper anymore. It's not theoretical. It's actually in the bank. And they think, okay, so now we can talk about relationships and now we can go and build this time. And it's almost like the old cats in the cradle song. It's like, well, but where have you been and who are you? And there was a lot of relational strain. And then even the excess frustration of now there's expectation built around the wealth, one of, you know, kind of almost entitlement and then other things starting to come up and, we were trying to get to a point of, can I prepare you for what's about to happen? Because the outcome you think is going to happen is not the reality of the outcome you're going to experience. And that's the thing. We, along the journey, we think this is where we're going to get to. And like any nautical sailor, <laughs> you know, you're a degree off. Boy, it, it's, it's, it's only one degree. But right. where, where you land is not where you thought you would. And... So you have to pivot and adjust along the way. And 
you know, a lot of people, I think, and we've highlighted this a couple of times, is everyone's focused on the end goal and the end result, and they don't pay any attention to what they're seeing while they're approaching there. And that's where life happens. It is. That, that's the, it's the journey. I, a good colleague of mine, uh, Justin Breen, uh, posted an image this morning of him and his two sons, and they were out fishing, and they caught a much bigger fish than I've ever landed in my life. <laughs> Not that I fish much, but um, definitely, you know, I look at that. I'm like, if you add up the length of all the fish I've ever caught in my life, it still isn't as long as this fish. But I commented on his post because I know what he's doing in life is PR, and I think his, you know, his 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 business is quite successful, and he's doing really, really good. And I know he gets this, but I still commented it on it, and I said, you know, with all the success and all you know the accolades and business and growth and all of that it's those moments like this yes. of fishing with your kids or experiencing life the day-to-day joys of life is what we remember oh. you know it's i mean if you ask me okay who's the first you know client i've ever had i know who they are but you know if you start asking me okay who is the 10th one well, unless I go back and look at my you know, contracts and things like that, that I could tell you, but off the top of my head, I don't know. Uh, because it's not that that was important, and believe me, they are, but it, it's, it's the journey along the way. It's being in the moment, and too often we spend so much time looking so far ahead, you know, trying to forecast the future instead of living our life and actually creating the future. Well, and that's the challenge because the rest of the world tells us that's what we're supposed to do. So if we're actually going to focus on the moment, in one sense, we're going against the grain. You know, I had to have somebody ask me why I hated my family to even get me the clarity to see it. And I think that's been the thing for us that's been the, you know, greatest excitement and revelation is when we can help the family begin to say, hey, okay, what does it look like to have true return on intention on what we're doing. We were talking a little bit about this when you made the comment before we came on the air, like, well, so what should I be doing with $10,000 right now? How should I invest or think about $10,000? And everybody's going to have a different answer. Um, but I, I don't know if I'm going to make any enemies here, but I'll be careful. I mean, Dave Ramsey gives this program of, hey, you've got to save and invest and do all this stuff because you're thinking about your future. And I think that that's good in one sense. But if you sacrifice your family and your relationships to build a future that no one's going to be around to enjoy with you, what was the point? And so sometimes the answer is, I need to invest that $10,000 in an investment for the future. And sometimes the answer is, we need to go on a really nice vacation and build some memories. And that's crucial. That's something you know, I look back at. 2019, and there were a lot of things that I did uh, last year that were bucket list items that I've wanted mm. to do for a very long time, and was able to do them. And and you know the memories of it, you know, for for my kids that went on a trip, and my brother, and yeah. my better half. You know, we we talk about that, and it, it especially now. You know, during this pandemic where there's a lot of things like those things, none of those things we would be able to do this year because those events and experiences aren't available right now. They will be again at some point. Sure. But, but it hammers home how important it was. And I'm thankful that I had, um, I, I say stumbled on it, but that's not really true, to make sure that I enjoyed those moments in the moment. And of mm-hmm. course, I reflect on them now. 
and think, wow, that was such an amazing trip. And we had so much fun doing that. And, and being able to go someplace that we've wanted to go, my brother and I um, went on a trip that we've wanted to be able to do for 30 years, three decades, people. Nice. That's a long yeah. time. Yeah, that's but great. we did it. We did it. And it was an amazing moment. And I actually, you know, I have a picture of my brother and I on my phone um, for that moment. And I, and I see it from time to time and I go, wow, that's amazing. Especially now when we're going through such a challenging world at this moment, I reflect back on that and like, okay, that was an incredible time. I'm thrilled I was able to do it. It's a reminder that those types of times are still available. We can still do things and enjoy life. Even during a pandemic, you find those things that you can do. And and yeah, like you said, you know, it's like, yeah, we could take the 10 grand and invest it in the latest, whatever type of stock or save it or whatever. But there's times where you go, you know what, to strengthen and invest in ourselves and our family and our friends, sometimes those investments call for, let's go on a trip together. That's right. Let's go have, let's go have some fun because you blink and the next thing you know, three decades go by. So um, it, it literally, it's like, yeah, yeah, well, I do that. And then we look, it's like, wait a minute, we've been wanting to do this since 1990. And of course, my first career was accounting, so I can do the math there and go, wow, um, yeah, that that was a long time. I'm I'm so thrilled that we able to, were able to do it. And quite frankly, I'm glad we did it now instead yeah. of then. I wouldn't have appreciated it then as much as I do now. Because you have life experiences all the way, and you and you figure out what's important and what's not, and that comes with age and experience, and getting crystal clear on what's important to you right now, and and uh, I, I love that, I love that thing. So, well, the so crazy, some, so the crazy part, but, at least for me, is when you look at it. So we've talked a lot about return on intention versus return on investment, but so I talked about this happening within my business, but I'll tell you, just in clients that we've served as we've partnered with them along the way, the most interesting and fascinating thing to me is on a consistent basis, as we've helped families get really clear on what their return on intention is, all of a sudden, then their real true return on investment starts to go up because they can think about, okay, this is what I want to be intentional about, and this is how I want to do it. And maybe it's the vacation or the trip, or maybe it's accumulating some funds for a wedding, or maybe it's accumulating some funds for XYZ, whatever, but however you structure everything. But when you're so clear on what your intentions are, then you can actually think about things that make a difference from an ROI return on investment standpoint. And what we found is most people are paying more taxes than they need to pay. They've got the opportunity to be more generous. And the only way that they start to determine and find those things starts with return on intention. It never starts with return on investment. But everyone's chasing down return on investment and the world has us chasing it down the wrong way. Yeah, and you've said that a couple of times where the world wants us to do this this way. And, yeah. and I find sometimes that if you do things the same way everybody else is doing, you're going to get the same results as everybody else. And everybody else, if you look at them and you ask them and they're truly honest, they're not where they want to be because their goals and focus are things on that. It's better to say, okay, what's everybody doing right now? Yeah. Let, let me look at the other direction and see what's going on there. You know, it could be from an investment standpoint or habits or watching the latest Netflix show, whatever the case may be. Like, what are people doing? What could I do that would be better for me and my family? 
And if it's in alignment with what, quote unquote, everybody else is doing, great, awesome. Uh, but I find sometimes when you, you know, there's a book called Zag that kind of talks about that, where it's like, yeah, everybody's doing one thing. It's like, yeah, take a look and see what's going on in the other direction, because there may be opportunities there for you that no one else is going to see. I love that perspective. I told my son that. I just dropped my son off at Purdue for his freshman year. That was one of the conversations we had before he went. I said, if you look at our life and if I can teach you one thing, it's what everybody else is doing. Look at that other perspective, like you just said, and see if there's something of value in it for you. And there may be a ton of value that you could go a different direction, but you might also just learn something. You know, but so many times we're committed to just, let's just follow the path of least resistance and the least resistance doesn't give us the results we want most of the time. Yeah. Well, I know your son will hopefully learn something at Purdue. It's a big 10 school. I grew up in the big 10 area. Uh, So I I, I trust that that there'll be a lot of learning opportunities and navigating some interesting days ahead for sure. Absolutely. Uh, So for for someone that wants to make this shift, um, and it's it's a mind shift, um, I think it would be, uh, from my vantage point, simple to make the shift, but complex. So, you know, what are some of the, the pitfalls that people might face when they try to shift from the classic common ROI to a, the different type of ROI thinking? Well, the first is always the fact that there's not a lot of people going in that direction. So if you were to start spending time, more time with your spouse or more time focused on your body or something like that and less time focused on your business, the first thing that everybody's going to be like, what are you crazy? How are you going to be more productive? So you're going to get a lot of the critics. So you've got to be able to silence the critics. The other thing that I think is the second most critical part of this, and I was reflecting on this earlier today, is so many times... We, we live in this microwave culture and we expect the results tomorrow. So the return on investment or even the return on intention you're receiving today, you're getting because of what the way that you've been investing in that for the last five to 10 years. So if you spend two weeks doing things differently and life's only slightly better, you get frustrated and stop because your life hasn't completely transformed. I mean, transformation, true transformation to return on intention takes time. It might take you, you know, it took me three years plus to really start to see results that were like, wow. I mean, it took me about a month to go, this works, but it took about three years to get to wow. So can you be patient with the process? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, if you haven't been to the gym in years and you show up and you do some sit-ups and run on the treadmill for 30 seconds and you're sore the next day, and you're wondering why you can't run a marathon. It's the same thing from this standpoint. It, it, that's the biggest pitfall is being patient with yourself and being willing to trust the process. And that's what's so crucial is, is trusting the, the process and enjoying the journey along the way. Yeah. Um, you know, we, yes, we look forward, and there's nothing wrong with looking forward to anticipate where you want to be and have goals and whatnot, but enjoy the ride along the way because when you do, your life is so much fuller. So, Eric, I've loved our conversation today. Where can people find out more about you and this incredible work you're doing? Yeah, so we are at paradiem.org, P-A-R-A-D-I-E-M.org. Our mission is to help families and businesses live a better 
story. The other thing that I would encourage, if people are kind of wanting to figure out a way to start this journey, we break it down into four key categories. We, we say that return on attention comes in greatness, growth, governance, and generosity. And we have created what we call a family impact kit. And we've got that available for free for anybody who just wants to shoot me an email at eric at paradigm.org. We'll send you this family impact kit. And it's a day of activities of kind of turning your life upside down and backwards and really focusing on things that matter across those four key areas of greatness, growth, governance, and generosity. I think if you invested in yourself and your family for a day through this family impact kit, you'd begin to kind of start see this return on intention that we've been talking on talking about today. So shoot me an email and we'll get that out to you. That's awesome. And I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So Eric, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate you and, and this amazing work you're doing. And uh, thanks again for being on the show. All right. Thank you, Michael. It's been great. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.